0: Hey, you're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network, produced at 3CR Community Radio on Wurundjeri Country. And I'm Nikki Stott. This week on the show, part two of a two-part series envisioning radical futures with young intersectional climate feminists. And this audio was sourced with thanks from a Climate Week 2020 webinar by the global advocacy organisation We Do
1: at WeDo.org. We're all working towards dismantling the intersections of all of the systems of oppression. And we were all led to this work for different reasons, through different entry points, working towards similar worlds, like alternative worlds something different what does a radical feminist future look like feel like for you so not just getting at the structural aspect of it um the systemic aspect of it but also like what would this world feel like living in it every day and also the structural and i'll pass it on to maria alejandra to start us off
2: (laughs) (laughs) um I love this question, I think the fact that we can imagine radical futures is already a huge richness that we have. The fact that our imaginations haven't been stopped, corrupted, (laughs) is already I think a huge feminist contribution to the world. I imagine a, a radical future where we obviously avoid the climate catastrophe, where we have the chance to see that we could have, like we were able to stop it that we we had the means that we had the will that there was enough power being worked together to avoid the climate catastrophe I imagine a radical future where the political and economical structures are not serving the few but the many and are not based in a capitalist way extractive profit driven world i am not sure how to call that <laughs> but i think it's very important to imagine a world that exists beyond what we understand as capitalism and what we have understood that is needed to run the world to fuel the world basically and obviously i think that is a world of fossil free where we have understood that energy sovereignty can come into so many other ways into so many other symbiotic ways with the world and i like to imagine a world where we are stepping away from this colonial rational way of putting everything into binaries into women men into nature society into all these dichotomies which i think live very. little room for imagination to bloom i want to step away from monocrops in general from all types of 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 systems that want to streamline that want to by efficiency or by again profit want to destroy diversity and and i mean that also in terms of the gender diversity that exists within our many societies and that have been erased, silenced, policed, and, and violated on, into so many ways. And I imagine a radical future in which we step away from the fact that we think that there's binaries to contain us, our emotions, our bodies, our expressions, our systems and that we really step into this way of observing how nature works, that how ecosystems are so entangled, are so complex, are so interdependent. And I like to call these ecologies. No? There's a lot of work, literature, people, organizations, movements, doing work around ecologies, black ecologies, indigenous ecologies. I like to see a diverse amount of ecologies in which There's no real need for competition and harm and monocropping. And then lastly, I imagine a radical future that can heal. I think there's deep wounds that so many of us around the world have been carrying due to the colonial violence that our territories, our communities have lived, continue living due to the racism that we see every day due to the utmost violence from governments, fundamentalist governments. And as we've said before in this conversation, I think healing, putting at the center those emotions and real feelings and learning how to heal is to me the most radical thing, knowing that there's a way to heal, that we can really step away from the suffering, no, while after transforming it, I would like to see a future that that heals, especially the most marginalized peoples and a future that can celebrate joy and the existence of humans and non-humans as well.
1: Thank you so much, Maria Alejandra. I want to live in this world like now. <laughs> um, yeah, and what you really were getting at at the beginning, like the importance of healing from colonialism, from capitalism, from all these systems doing away with our ideas of binaries man woman nature society it's hard work to do all of that it's a lifetime and more (laughs) so thank you and i'll pass it on to sanam thank you andrea and thank you maria alejandra
3: every day there's a little piece of something that i'm doing or a message that i'm putting out that fits into the larger composite of the future that I believe in. If I say, you know, no more, uh, have a, have a pesticides convention to regulate the harmful pesticides, that's because I'm envisioning a world where we can have agroecology because that really radical feminist future that I like to imagine is the one where we've destroyed the systems of oppression, the patriarchy, the colonialism, the capitalism, and then those symptoms of those systems, like the inequality, the conflict, the destruction of the planet, that has stopped. And that's the future where we've begun the process of healing and then redistributing, rebuilding. I love to think of a world where we can have these incredible social safety nets that makes it possible for everyone to have health care and education and not, you know insufferable learning where you hate school but like interactive and creative and beautiful that integrates our traditions our languages our cultures and to bring back the traditions of smallholder farming and recognizing indigenous communities roles in that of course to grow our food sustainably for a fair wage so that our forests our waterways can recover from these generations of extractivism and pollution of course i also you know in rela- a- relation to labor organizing and oh, the worries that some people have about the future of work and digitization I-, I see a world where formal work is a choice according to our interest and our talent and not a necessity for accessing survival wages or for health care that's that's unjust and that always puts the weakest and most vulnerable communities in in the worst position. Because in that future that I see, in the work that I do, I know that safe, peace and equal societies don't need growth or productivity or these obscene levels of wealth that we're seeing with billionaires profiting off this pandemic and this global level of suffering right now. And in that, composition where we have equality where we've broken up these binaries and you know families are people who love each other who come together it doesn't matter what gender they identify how they dress how they present themselves and i just want automation to make it easier for people to work less and have more joy and creativity as maria
1: alejandra was describing thank you so much sanam and i'll pass it on to patricia
4: thank you andrea i really enjoyed listening to um, what Maria Alejandra and Sanna saying, um, whew, you know, talking about the world that we imagine this we need to be ambitious for this and I think I really imagine a world where the most marginalized and most oppressed women groups are actually able to seek accountability for every single right violation that they experience. Where every indigenous women are able to speak out when their forests are destroyed their natural resources are grabbed. I want to see a world where the free prior and informed consent of indigenous women is obtained, including within their very own community. Radical feminist future for me is a world that gives justice to the people, to the women, to those who are oppressed, where the perpetrators, and in this context, the polluters, the main actors who actually cause climate crisis are accountable to the injustice that they cause. We need to name and shame. We need to demand them to be accountable to the massive destruction that brings women into poverty. For me, radical feminist future would be where economies that is actually work for the women and not the
1: women working for the capitalist neoliberal economic system. You said it like accountability is key to any sort of transformation, envisioning what that justice will look like. And I'll pass it on to Maggie.
5: I think just to say there's so much power in visioning and dreaming and imagining. So much of the speculative fiction out there, whether it's literature or films, have painted this vision of the future that we are now actually living that is so sterile and uh, it's, (laughs) you know, a a true dystopia in every sense of the word. And so I think there's a great deal of power in all of us imagining and all of the many communities around the world who are imagining and creating this radical future every single day. So I want to thank everyone for that Um, and speaking to some of the things that I've heard people saying um, in the communities that we are working with is, I would love a future where we can all breathe and where no child is born with bronchitis or other sorts of diseases that are affecting their lungs and their capacity to breathe or asthma or whatever it may be. I would love a world where we can all eat, where the people who are responsible for growing our food we are all participating in that exercise we are all part of that chain our relationship to nature is restored um, a relationship that capitalism works so hard to destroy i would love a future where we can be free from violence and violence in all its many many forms whether it is physical or sexual or the violence of work someone was mentioning earlier, i think it was fanam and reimagining what work means And there's so much violence that we can do to ourselves if we are trapped in this cycle of um, capitalist um, notions of how we use our time, how we use our labour, how we labour. So I would love to be free from that. So I'll leave it at that for now because I think everyone has spoken really powerfully already.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much, Maggie.
0: You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community
1: Radio Network. Yeah, like, what would it look like if all the relations that violence severed were reconnected? Like, what would that look like? So thank you. And I'll pass it to Francis.
6: Yes, I love this vision for the future. Like, I don't know if we'll need passports in the future, but I want to (laughs) go sign me up. So yeah, I, I agree with what everyone has said in reference to looking at food systems differently. We talk about organic and regenerative agriculture, uh, agroecology, economies of care, uh, greening initiatives, green infrastructure. I know here, um, I'm based in New Orleans right now, we talk about um, the need for a just transition for workers in extractive industries, um, which I think is really important because people need training, they need economic development. As an educator, I think climate literacy is really important, I think that Unfortunately, we're not always able to have the deep conversations that we should have or even like communicate across political divides because we're not exposed to the same information. And so, you know, everyone should be exposed to environmental education. I think housing is really important. I grew up in public housing. And so right now we're dealing with people who are getting evicted during disasters, hurricane season. I don't want to see that in a feminist future. and then. I think, particularly based on my experience here in the United States, just the need to um, decriminalize folk who are protecting water, decriminalize folk who are activists, because activism is gonna, we're gonna still need activists in the future. And oftentimes women are environmental activists. Also defunding a police, reallocating those funds to economies of care, and also ensuring that our, legal system is able to actually bring about justice and finally uh rethinking borders i think in a feminist future we need to rethink borders because everyone won't have the luxury to stay in the place where their ancestors were born a lot of these geographies are already disappearing um, Like here in louisiana and also other coastal areas around the world island nation states so making space for people to relocate migrate safely And also that they don't have to worry about sterilization or the kidnapping of their children at these camps and at the borders that currently exist. So defunding police, demilitarizing police, I think is really important for a feminist future.
1: Yes, to abolition. Thank you so much, Frances. And I'll pass it to Mara to start wrapping up with the almost last question.
7: Thanks, y'all. And I think as Andrea was talking about earlier, like this is not just an exercise in, you know, um, utopian fantasies. It's a critical systems thinking approach, right? It starts with asking ourselves, what kind of world do we want to live in that is peaceful and healthy for all? And how do we get there? And it's hard work. It's hard work, but it's necessary work. So this last question that I'd love to pose to you all, I feel like we've been kind of dancing around this in different ways. You know in the description for this event i think the first sentence that we put was like young feminists young climate feminists are putting in work we know that that young climate feminists are leading uh the climate justice movement we know that in the last year in the last two years in which we've seen these unbelievable global strikes and marches and direct action and communities mobilizing, so often young climate feminists are at the forefront of that, right? But also they're often so invisible in the work of figuring out who to consider the true leaders of these movements and of this change. There's no easier way to see that than the fact that we so very rarely see these gatherings of young climate feminists who are coming together in conversation to talk about the work that they do. But I would love to hopefully consolidate this into a question of of just asking how it feels for you all to be young climate feminists in this moment. And Frances, I hope you don't hate me for this, but since you've gone last on the last couple, do you wanna go first on this one?
6: Oh yeah, and if I'm honest, I feel like I'm terrified. My heart is broken. I'm exhausted. But also I'm excited because I think that there's new political opportunities that are opening up to see transnational solidarity to be a part of some of those efforts. I feel hopeful about that, but also I would say it relates to the overall feeling of that this is an a moment of crisis and opportunity. And so it feels new, it feels a little scary, but it also feels like it's something that is doable if we work in collaboration with one another.
7: Thanks, Francis. I feel the same way. So maybe I'll pass it next to Maggie.
5: I think I came into this call feeling very heavy, um, mainly because there's a community in Mozambique called Cabo Delgado um, where people are experiencing intense amounts of violence from state forces and collusion with the mining companies that are operating there. And so today has been a very heavy day but communing with all of you and having the space to sort of talk and share and to hear what everyone else is dreaming and imagining and doing um, has been really inspiring. And I think, like Francis said, I leave this space with a sense of hope. I feel a little bit of hope (laughs) and optimism that the people in this room and the many communities that we are connected to, that we can shift this. And it will be hard work, but it's possible. So,
7: yeah. Thanks, Maggie. So next I'll just pass to Sanam. You know, being part of movements
3: for justice at a time of climate crisis can feel like the weight of the world is on you, but frustratingly none of the power. But, you know, the saying is, if not us, who? If not now, when? and i also want to acknowledge this beautiful question in the chat about old feminists and intergenerational collaboration around climate and i think that's so important and i i personally you know it's not just about climate but broadly in social justice movements intergenerational collaboration is so important because we stand on the shoulders of the f- fighters who came before us I'm just thinking of you know all of the crazy activism that environmentalists did in the 80s and uh, early 90s to sound the alarm about what was happening. You know that was the time to already have a feminist green new deal, to already have a climate change action plan. So you know every time that 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 I envision a future, it's because of the ideas that I've learned from before, and that's I think important to being a young climate feminists learning from the leaders that have come before even some of my ideas come from the anarchists who were worried about steam engines and encouraged walking everywhere because of the pollution that steam engines cause see like they knew that coal was going to be a problem a long time ago and honestly nothing changes as quickly as it should and that's why we've been at on this issue for generations people in power don't take this danger seriously or they're profiting off it so i can be filled with anger i can be filled with ideas like no borders as we've said um, just an equitable transition at the same time as calling for dismantling all fossil fuel companies and sending their offices you've reached your expiry date message or i can be filled with deep sadness and despair when I learn the consequences for Rio Tinto destroying a 46,000 year old Aboriginal site. The the consequence there is to cancel the bonuses of a few executives. All of these things are really really so frustrating but you know we have to keep going and we have to keep learning.
7: Thanks and um, Patricia can I pass to
3: you?
4: I guess as a young climate feminist as an Indigenous um, I see myself as part of not only climate justice, indigenous or feminist movements, but also as a part of larger, larger social movements. And for me, it is very important because I believe that we all have common struggles to challenge the current neoliberal economic and development system that destroyed environment and deprive us women of our human rights. I think in this collective struggle, it is crucial. It is it is crucial to also recognize how our elders have paved the way for us, all the wins, all the achievements, the mountain that we are, we as young climate feminists are standing on right now and see things even clearer, you know, shape also our struggles and navigate the way how we are going, learning actually from the experiences that they, have been have been have been learning from i guess like we carry the torch of struggle they passed to us the responsibility is enormous <laughs> and i really do believe that this struggle in this struggle together in this collective struggle we can never stop learning from our elders it is also crucial and very important to recognize young women in all our diversities and also different layers of how climate crisis is actually affecting us. Only with this, I believe that we can strengthen our solidarity and movements to challenge the current oppressive and growth-focused market-driven development and economic system.
7: All right, and now Maria Alejandra, bring us home. What are you thinking about? What
2: are you feeling? I also want to refer to that piece of acknowledging where we come from and all those generations and all that wisdom that has been constructed and built over years, generations, struggles. And how is it that we're reclaiming the memory of our past generations to become better, no? to become more inclusive, to become more diverse, to learn from the past. I think we as young climate feminists are lying in a difficult moment. Like, there's multiple crises unfolding at the same time. All of them seem urgent, emergent, complex. So I think there's a huge space for us to imagine how is it that we can face all these multiple crises without losing our own selves, with caring for our own bodies, health, but also the health and the stability and the harmony of our families, communities, territories. Technology is so much a tool, but also a risky thing. I think we have a huge challenge of, of, of relating to this modern technological digital world and learn how to be better hackers in every possible sense. How is it that we hack the capitalist system? How is it that we hack industrialism how is it that we hack the rational development model setting of the world uh while at the same time keeping safe right i am the reality is that there's a lot of us social environmental leaders being harassed being disappeared being silenced everywhere every day and how is it that we can do the work how is it that we keep hacking while at the same time knowing that this doesn't need to necessarily be a sacrifice. Thank you, Maria Alejandra.
7: I can't imagine a more powerful way to end. Um, And I just want to bring in three of the most powerful words that I think I could bring in from someone who leads much of this envisioning work for so many of us, and that's Mariam Kaba, who's an abolitionist. And she tells us and has taught us that hope is a discipline. We have to work at it, build it, get stronger, make mistakes, learn and continue practising it. And I think that that is part of our work moving forward as well and that is part of um, what young climate feminists do so well.
0: You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. And today on the show, we heard part two of a two part show, Envisioning Radical Futures with Young Intersectional Climate Feminists. And the audio that you heard today was sourced with thanks from a Climate Week 2020 webinar by the global advocacy organisation We Do. And you can find them at wedo.org. You can also find today's podcast with information about the moderators and all of the speakers on today's show and links at 3cr.org.au forward slash And if you're already listening via a podcasting service, we'd love you to subscribe and why not rate us and give us a review to help spread the word. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous support and the community radio network for all their hard work in getting this show out to you. Earth Matters is produced at 3CR Community Radio in Fitzroy Narm and we can be contacted at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com and you can also find us on your socials. So that's all for today but don't forget to tune in next week for more environmental and social justice stories.
5: When you compare an old growth forest compared to a forest which is regrowing after a disturbance like logging, they're actually quite different ecosystems. Generally like older, wetter forests subscribe now.
2: Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377.
7: There are many ways that you can keep up to date with 3CR news, events and programs. The 3CR website is a great spot to catch all your shows via audio on demand or scroll through our range of podcasts. It's also where you can sign up to our monthly newsletter, buy yourself a new t-shirt or check out archival audio from past broadcasts. Of course, we're also on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. But don't forget our mighty AM band. Catch us anytime on 855am. Keep in touch. 3cr.org.au You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.